If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the number one game development podcast about game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am your host, Brandon Pham. And with me, joining me, not just one, but two special guests, Andrew and Roman. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Very cool right now. (laughs) All right. Uh, So this is the part of the podcast where I ask our guests, which is both of you, yourselves, to introduce yourselves to the listeners, viewers out there, who you are, where you've been, where you're heading, all the good background information real quick, just to kind of get us started. So I think you can make yeah, sure I can make. Uh, so I'm a programmer and our company at Mar Fantasy Games, programmer and story writer. So I have... Um, quite long story how I get there. Uh, The main thing is we met with Roman in our university times and found out that we both interested in games, in making. I was playing games a lot in school time, but after that, I just wanted to go in real life and forget about it. But after that, my passion returns back to me so we created our first project and i thought this is is interesting interesting thing to do in my life so we started to developing our second game after this so this is just brief story i think further we will discover more interesting things (laughs) roma can continue i think yeah, I think um, I am uh, artist and animator of all our projects, uh, Double and Dynapunk, and uh, I even did. I even didn't think that I will be an artist because my mindset is very good for programming, but uh, <laughs> I just had um, a tablet for drawing, and we decided that I will draw. I always stay him that he will be good is a programmer yeah but <laughs> it happened that i am a programmer <laughs> it's it's just two of us in our team so somebody just needs That's to go to us yeah <laughs> and yeah, yeah. the artist looks like is me so uh i never uh, learned in art school so i'm just self-learner so uh, the art style of our first game was kind of poor, but in Dynapunk, I think we made a good job in style building. And most of the players are making good reviews about uh, overall retro wave style and overall pixel art style. And I think we will n- we had nailed it very good. I will say that, you know, uh, thanks for reaching out. You know, I'm always in in, in awe and in support of, of uh, indie developers such as yourself, like a small team that is able to have an idea, but also finish through an idea, which is a huge. Oh, this is huge case. Yeah. Huge case. Because, you know, you talk to game developers as much as I have, and you just quickly learn of the, 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 the dreamers versus the doers mm. right and there's a lot yes, of game developers out there <laughs> that that wish and always like dream of like making their own game but 
very little actually follow through with it. Yeah, um, you know, when you're making an idea or plan, it always seems that it will be quite easy to do this. But through game development, especially, you learn how life is complicated yeah. and it always turns to the way you don't expect. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's just, I, I think a lot of it, you guys seem like young guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to kind of ask your age. But before that, I do see as developers get older, you know, they, real life stuff happens, you know, they get girlfriends mm. get married have kids <laughs> like all these other things they rather spend their time doing and so the mm-hmm. you know it gets hard and harder to dedicate you know this project i have in mind uh, uh to actually do. how old are you guys actually just kind of get that going a bit so we both 28 uh-huh roman will be 38 soon i'm yeah, already so 28 are, yeah both 20 when did you guys start that. working? Well, for the first game and then Dino Punk. Like, how, what age were you guys at? Uh, can you repeat, please? Yeah. How yeah. old were you guys when you guys started your first game and uh, then Dino Punk? Yeah. In our first game, it was we, like seven years ago. Twenty-two, I think, or twenty-one. Yes, pilots. <laughs> so yeah, and we just decided that if we will not make it now when we finish in our university. Of yeah. course, in further time, we will have less and less time for this. And for now, it is great time to build some kind of uh, reputation or resources so we can maybe, probably, make it full-time in the mm-hmm. future. That's, a, that's impressive uh, timing <laughs> for young, <laughs> young people to think ahead like that. It's the best time to start uh, the game development world because uh, we had our study and we had some art jobs. And after that, we um, was making our first game. And uh, uh, we started from two work hours per day, I think, uh, for Double. And uh, then... Double is our first project. Yeah, Double is mm, our first project before Dynapunk. And... Uh, then we was raising up these hours to just uh, fluently increase uh, our game development for our lives. And uh, you was right when you uh, told that this is hard to combine with other stuff like family, like partners, like uh, some job, because uh, we always had our jobs in this whole uh, the game development way. And I have a wife and a young uh, son, so it's a pretty hard to continue to develop. But uh, I think it's always possible to motivate uh, ourselves when the team is really uh, well built. You're, you're kind of hinting at the differences. I would love to kind of ask more about this. You know, what what differences have you guys seen that stand out from when you guys were 22? creating it in mm-hmm. to now right just the difference in seven years like what are the what are the things that you like i liking? think <laughs> that are we have developed more hmm, more stable and realistic vision of what game is because in the first of course you try to put all of your ideas you think it's great you think sometimes you're a genius mm-hmm. And you are the the one who created something new and unusual. And when you try to bring it to real life, you notice that some ideas just won't work. And some ideas were here always. And some people did this thing better and all these things. So the bad thing I think we learn from these years is to think realistically on our ideas because game development is always about fantasizing, interesting concepts, playing, and you need to put this to real life frames Mm -hmm. and other achievements of other people who did this very well, better than us and teach from them, not be in our bubble. 
Yeah, for sure. I think this is a really uh, good um, experience uh, we get. And I want to add that um, I think the most powerful thing for me <clears throat> that I learned for, from these years is uh, the knowledge how to motivate myself for this long way because uh, we was making Dynapunk for four and a half years and we uh, didn't receive any income. We didn't receive any reviews almost. Uh, and it's it was uh, hard times when you are just not have power to continue and you need to start to motivate yourself and this knowledge how to motivate yourself is uh, is the best thing because it's very um, applicable in your everyday life mm -hmm. if you can share some tips actually um like what, what you know it might be very personal to you guys of like oh this works for me mm -hmm. but like when you're finding yourself in those you know situations where like man I'm like this is, I'm tired you know I don't, mm -hmm. you know it's hard mm -hmm. you know especially I'm third year in four year in like what what kind of things were you guys doing to was it the discipline mm -hmm. was it just like just doing it not thinking about it or what exactly helped you guys kind of get through these tough moments of finishing the game first I can say first maybe uh, I think uh, the main rule if if you are not the one person developer talk, just talk with your uh, coworkers and discuss uh, the developer game because uh, the more you talk about it, the more you involved it and the more you motivate it. Because uh, when you are sitting alone in your room and you are don't know what to do, you just need to throw uh, out your room and just talk with somebody about this game because uh, this will um this will give you some new ideas this will uh, this will give you some new bright uh thoughts for your future when you will end this project so i think uh, the best uh tip that i can uh, give to share talk with people show your game uh take all criticism uh and uh, share your development with someone because when you do it just by your own you will lose motivation mostly mm -hmm. it's easier to disappear yeah yeah of course uh, for me i think pretty same thing but uh i personally did a lot of live place tests so i was a programmer and also started writer in dynapunk so I always had uh, actual build of our game. So I invited my friends to my house and uh, watched watched how they played this. So I think live showing of your game is the most valuable thing you can do to motivate yourself. Because for what you are doing games, for me, it's about giving emotions. So you need to see how your game brings emotions to people. And bad thing you do, just sit with this person and watch how he play your game. So this is the best thing. And other thing is to reach out for some cool guys. For example, uh, in Double, there was interesting story. I very liked game from Supergiant Games. Maybe you know this mm -hmm. studio. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked... Uh, Music in these games, uh, they had very good composer, Darwin Corp. So I'm making music by my own also. So I decided why not write him and show my soundtrack to our first project, Double. And maybe he can share some thoughts. And surprisingly, I wrote to him and he agreed to give some feedback on this on the live. We was we made some chatting with our webcams. So this is was huge inspiration for me. So just think for cool guys, you can reach out and this will give you huge amount of motivation. You will think I can talk with these cool guys and maybe be as cool as them, maybe better in my way. So that is it. 
yeah, I mean, definitely being surrounded by inspirational developers always help. Uh, I mean, you guys are kind of digging into this. I would love to dive into this. The mm-hmm. the amount of people that I've met, the especially indie developers, you know, they've always mm-hmm. kind of been a small team. Uh, in a lot of cases, you know, remote, right? Kind of working separately, not really in an office together. Um, so it's harder, you know, there are challenges to kind of stay com- connected to the community, right? Right. Absolutely. So were there different ways besides inviting friends over, playing the games? Were you guys involved in local game dev scenes in your area? Were, you, were there social websites that you guys were constantly in there just to kind of feel like you're you're part of you know just having this this part of community that you can rely on for feedback and, and suggestions you know motivation honestly this will this was not giving for us enough feedback for example in social activity um, when we have post some on reddit or other stuff we have some upvotes, but this was not huge inspiration in this. Mm. But the main thing we got from this stuff is finding cool people. For example, our composer from Dinopunk mm-hmm. found us by himself because we had some posts on Reddit with our visual style. I think we posted trailer or something like this. Yes, yeah, like So he just wrote found us on Discord and said, I like your style. I wrote some tracks for you in my spare time so you can use it. Maybe we can make some communication. And uh, we were very grateful. His tracks were just awesome Mm -hmm. fit with our style. And when we have found a publisher, we just suggest them, you can, we can work together. Now we can make you payment for your awesome work. Mm-hmm. So just finding, finding good people. In our first project double, there was same situation. We posted some Twitter stuff and uh, the girl from Germany who knows Spanish <laughs> wrote to me and said, hey, I'm a translator in my, in my free time and I won't do this my full job. So maybe I can train on your game, make a translation for free. And besides of this, she is very passionate, interesting person. So this was cool motivation too. That's really cool. So uh, I think I have uh, one more advice for developers who are not located in the same city or uh, have remote uh, teams. Uh, uh, the game dev festivals is uh, the greatest way to show your game because uh, you will meet uh, different types of players and you can get uh, more criticism of your game uh, than just uh, looking of one player uh, at the one at the time. So uh, participating in these festivals is uh, the best way to get some. Um, points, issues, or some criticism for your mechanics uh, in a good way, because in game day festivals, uh, as we noticed, all players are very um, are very into the gaming, and they will not just hate your game if it's bad. So, it's the best way to get some uh, reviews in the early stages if you are not one uh, team in the city, mm-hmm. United team. What were your guys' uh, favorite festivals that you guys were attending? Um, is it mostly Europe or you guys went to North America? Uh, on, uh, if we can talk about online festivals, I think uh, the Steam Next festival was our the biggest festival. Uh, and uh, for offline festivals, we was only in our city uh, game dev festival. So we uh, we was participating in a small uh, festival. So I think uh, it's the best because it's the only one. Right, right, right. <laughs> and you just set up your laptop or station, and yes, yes, it's just the 
it, it was a huge uh, dirty tent, uh, s- uh, several rows of tables, and uh, it was full of developers like us. Uh, some people bring uh, several monitors and uh, setups. Uh, we just uh, took our laptop, and uh, our place was never empty. So That's really- the whole festival, somebody was playing. Also, it was... Canada outdoor festival so it was also interesting experience uh, just yeah. do it, it on the nature it was like <laughs> in a park so it was uh, a good uh, experience i think and in, in terms of feedback were you just asking questions as they're playing it or did they have to write down on the survey how, how would you guys taking feedback we just saw reactions of players I see. just they mimics you know they momentum we have a lot of jokes in our game. So uh, me as writer just noticed what lines of characters bring some emotions to people. And we tried to not distract people from playing and not to give them tips or tutorials during playing. Because when you launch game, you can't see it with other player and say, you need to press here to continue. Player need to understand this from your game flow. So good thing is to notice where players stopped. They don't know how to do. And this is not a solution uh, to help them in the festival to say, you should go there. You should notice this and, and improve this system. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, when uh, they just ended to play, we have we had a small talk with them. So just, what do you like? What do you don't like? How is your feeling about the game? And uh, it's cool that we often get uh, the same reviews. It just uh, mm. like finding ironical story, good art, good writings, and uh, uh, we've got some criticism on art. And uh, one person. Was very uh, very interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. Uh, he was. Um, he's. How could say he have had uh, you know criticized in mind that can say things directly right to you, mm-hmm. just harshful truth, and it was very interesting too because he had a lot of criticism of our game. For example, that he already saw. He said all this stuff we made. In other games, for example, visual novels, this is not so new. Uh, dialogues, this is not awesome like in Disco Elysium, because me as a writer, I'm not so skilled. I'm only learning. So this was interesting too, to back on the ground and to hear opposite opinion of what we heard. Because for me, it was a signal that we need to think more, to do more unique things and to search. Maybe someone did this before us, so we will be not unique. We can use their experience and build something on top of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it, more than ever now is great for brutal honesty, but like in, in a constructive right that's the difference with the internet you put your game out there people love to rip immediately yeah offer no <laughs> right they just love like hating on your game and so it's it's very yeah. difficult i don't i don't think uh yeah i think reddit if anything gives a lot of attention to the right people but then you gotta be mm-hmm. you know uh, <laughs> careful well i i guess like ignoring all the hateful you gotta look <laughs> look past the hateful <laughs> comments to look for the good people out there who are just but you know surprisingly help. yeah we didn't have a lot of hate at all maybe some but very small amount this was surprising for me i uh sometimes thought why we don't have a lot of hate this is strange <laughs> <laughs> it's it's surprisingly because it's a visual novel about dinosaurs yeah. and it's pixel art it's so much points where you can hate the game, but it just it's just no it's nobody <laughs> <laughs> because we 
don't have fame and a lot of fans, so nobody can hate us. <laughs> you know, it's a good. It, like, it's definitely <laughs> it's a good good problem to have, in my opinion. Because yeah, I mean, I'm, I've met so many developers or just creators in general in any industry, and it can really bring you down, especially if you're just trying to like, you know, you're presenting your baby to the world and. You know, you don't want it to be completely killed off. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I worked with an like, artist. Yeah. yeah. I worked with an artist. Uh, it's a girl who was uh, drawing some arts for a game. And she's very sensitive for hate speech in the comments. So uh, I think uh, one uh, hater's comment uh, can paralyze her for a month of work. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's very sensitive uh, art persons. You can yeah. there. You, you know, well, how creatives, it's all like that. <laughs> successful people uh, say, if you have haters, you have fans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I think... Uh, well, we I need think to take more haters. Yeah. I think, I think a product that is divisive, having both extremities of hateful comments and then like very well-liked comments is always, I mm -hmm. feel is the best type of product uh just having that type of discussion sure. it's like hate it or love it type yeah you know yeah because i think art itself it need to be a little bit controversy to develop new horizons for people to right. give a new perspective so if you don't have a lot hate this maybe tells that something that you do not so right. new yeah, not yeah. innovative. So, uh, working situation, right? So, obviously, back at the university, I'm assuming you guys were in the same dorm or at least near each other working your asses off for the first game. Fast forward seven years later, I'm assuming you guys are living separately together. I mean, I don't know what the situation is. But like, <laughs> things are obviously different, right? Working on a game. Can you kind of explain the differences? Just, you know, how are you guys communicating day to day versus how it was back then? Is it easier? Is it harder? What kind of adjustments you guys are making now? Like life <laughs> is happening with the kid and being married and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the most time of the development, we, was, we were in the same city, but for a year or half of a year, we, was, we were in different cities. And this time was very hard to communicate because uh, when we are having these meetups, we can discuss and we can create more ideas uh, with the personal meetings. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, right now, yeah, we are living in the same city again, and uh, it's more helpful to communicate because we can meet every two weeks, every three weeks, uh, just to discuss some ideas uh, just to resolve some game dev problems. And this is very handy to uh, make these meetings more often because um, when you are a separate team, uh, just uh, this uh, internet talks is not the same like uh, personal meetings. I would like to ask you this because we're living in a time, at least in the States, right? There's, there's because of the pandemic, a lot of people are working mm -hmm. from home, but now we're we're switching basically back to the office. A lot of people are going back to the office. Mm -hmm. A lot of the reasons yeah. you guys are talking about. Uh, and there are still a lot of resistance on, on this side uh, saying that remote works. It's fine. Nothing's wrong with mm -hmm. it. But it's mm -hmm. always interesting to kind of hear the originators, you know, because I, I, I do, uh, at least for the game industry, indie creators like yourself, your team, are the original remote workers. You know, a lot of these teams, smaller teams mm -hmm. are in different countries, you know, different cities, mm -hmm. uh, because you're just trying to get the right people, but they don't always live next to each other. And now that you guys have experienced kind of both things, if you have, mm -hmm. uh, let me propose this, like if you guys had a choice where, you know, the wife is fine, the kids are fine, or your own personal situation uh, didn't matter as much. If you guys had a choice to be in an office together to work on Dino Punk and, or the next game, would you guys choose that 100% or would it be more hybrid or would it be 
just the same as now. Like, this is fine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hmm. I think for me, it's will work hybrid thing. So uh, maybe meeting two days a week in office so we can discuss some things live and we'll be on the same track. But all other three days, we can work remotely. Something like this. I can say that uh, me personally is a remote worker from my heart. Because uh, all my life I remote uh, remotely worker, and uh, I agree that two times per week it's a good amount of meetings to stay in the line of development. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we can uh, meet in some coworkers or some rent office, it will be just perfect, I think, because uh, a special place um, with this. Uh, soul of game development will bring the needed um, vibe of game development. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I, I. I feel. I feel the same sentiment. As creative people, we kind of feed off each other, and, mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. next to each other, there's something magical that happens with creatives to kind of brainstorm. Yes, yeah, so I'm agree. Yeah, and uh, it, sometimes it it's the the right motivations to kind of kick back. And goes, oh yeah, this is why we fell in love with this idea. You know, it's just mm-hmm. we're smiling, we're laughing. A lot of this Zoom call, what I found and am reading is that we're not used to just you know seeing just this, right? Because you're you're looking <laughs> yeah. in person. Yes. You're looking at the body language, your hands, your your feet. You know, mm-hmm. you're not just looking at the face the whole time. And plus, you have some delay with connection. This is yeah. not too good for communication. So, in live communication, you can maybe interrupt each other in a good way, so right. the communication get more live. And in like in this in our interview, we need to. Wait, calm down ourselves a bit, wait for response, and this is fine, but cut off a bit of lifeness. Yes. Yeah. And in uh, real meetings, you can just uh, walk uh, from one corner to other corner just to shake your mind. Yeah, you can, if you disagree with your uh, comments, you can just make fight. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is like a... I'm not locked in my chair to talk with you, right? I can walk around. Mm-hmm. There is something to that for sure. Um, so let's talk about Dynapunk, right? What was the original yeah, sure. inspiration behind this game? You guys, I'm, I, you finished Double, you put it out there. How long in between did you guys finally get started on Dynapunk? <laughs> mm-hmm. A month. <laughs> that, I remember it was almost recently, almost immediate. We just take a small breath and so that we want to continue this this interesting journey so the origin of this idea was very interesting and it sounds very funny from this perspective now because why we chose to make some kind of visual novel with gameplay stuff because we thought this will be quite easy thing to do not a lot of gameplay uh, visual novel stuff is not so hard to develop. Okay, we can try it. <laughs> so here we are after four years of development <laughs> and finally releasing this. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, the funny story is that uh, we made a research and uh, we found that uh, 
there were free tags that are very popular in these days. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs, uh, bartending, and cyberpunk. And we... Simulations. Simulations. Uh, yeah, yeah. Simulations. And we uh, have thought how to combine this in one game. And so here we have a Dynapunk, <laughs> where you have a repair shop, simulator, dinosaurs, and cyberpunk. Okay, we've done it. Do people need it? I don't know. Maybe. We'll <laughs> see. For now, it's not so clear. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, it speaks to you guys' experience and maturity, it feels like, right? Um, the marketing research aspect of it. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, looking for you know what's what's happening, and and not just purely just trying to build whatever you guys feel like, right? It's like let's keep in mind we're we're trying to sell this as a product. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did, where did you guys did you guys always have that, or was it just you know just by developing the first game, you guys were thinking about how to go about this differently? Uh, where did that come from? I assume that. Uh, this have come after our first project because maybe Ramon can correct me, but as for me, I see we put a lot of our efforts and heart in our first project, and we saw that it not gained much attention, not gained much sales, and we came to think why we put so much efforts and. Uh, this was a lot of research after this because when you do a lot of efforts and it will not make so much feedback as you expect, you think there is something we missing. So this is a huge, maybe negative experience, but I would not say that it was negative. It just was impactful. So after this, we have some mind shift and after finishing Dynapunk, we have also second mind shift because we noticed that you need to develop more pop, you know, genre, popular, because you can't, you need to know that most of the people play game not for only unique stuff. They just saw some similar stuff they play sometime. And so they think, okay, this is something usual to me. I don't want to push myself so hard to learn new things. I just want to relax. Mm-hmm. So you need to notice some popular things. And after that, only after that, you can add something unique on top of that. But if you just not so experienced indie developer, this is a very rare situation that you make something unique that's only on your mind and it will blow up. People will be just scared of your uniqueness. They will not want to learn something totally new because games is just hobby, spare time, and not hard work for players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, as Andrew said, that uh, this uh, was a step-by-step process because before development of Double, we hadn't any uh, knowledge about marketing, about analyzing stuff, and we just uh, did it and pull it on Steam. So it was just our first experience. Then we started to learn on our mistakes, and then we start to analyze what... Uh, we will, what may be possibly popular for a player as a game. So we thought visual novel is kind of good start for us. And uh, we did it. Now when uh, Dynapunk is finished, we have much more experience and we are better know uh, where to look, what to look at, and uh, how to how to I just, you know, why I'm laughing? This is very stupid. I heard Roman said we started to analyze, and I separated this word to analyze. 
<laughs> so yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, oh, so, oh my god. Um, oh, where was stopped? Uh, and uh, um, yeah, and we I think we learned how to do interesting game for both of us. Yeah. So just to have a passion to make it, and how to make this game more usual um, to the player. Yeah. So it's just like uh, we make a usual roguelike game, but with our unique ideas in it. So when the player look, looks uh, at our screenshots, he is uh, finding a usual roguelike game that he likes. He downloaded, and wow, it has unique ideas. I like it. now. There's definitely something to that for sure. Yeah. I think I read something re- recently that was... Um, a, a, that leans towards to what you guys are saying, where people connect with things they're familiar with, like 80% mm-hmm. of the game or whatever, and then they are more open to kind of discover new things, right? New mechanics that you guys are introducing. Uh, it's just how people are. People just usually are not, uh, tend not to want to try new things, right? They, they kind of get yeah. baited into familiar things and then explore uh, the, the, the newer things for sure. Yeah, you know, there was interesting moment I noticed in my life. I was driving with one of my mates after playing volleyball, and he was tired, and he was listening to his music in the car. Uh, just random stations, you know, from internet. And the uh, radio station turned on for him new music, and he said, oh, I'm so tired now for listen something new. I just want to listen something similar. And I thought this is very common situation for most of people with games. Most of people just tired from work on other life stuff. So they need something usual, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if, if you're playing first-person shooters and you just want to something new, you are searching for first-person shooters, but right. with some new mechanics. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think um, and another thing that you guys were speaking to, you know, learning from mistakes, building off of that, getting better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, one of the things that I, I see often with any developers is that they, 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 they stop too early, right? They, they just like after one <laughs> game, one hit, it's like, oh, we tried everything. It's time to like just, we just don't have it. But I, I've seen many, many times the one that are doing their second game, third game, fourth game. Right, they're 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 the successful ones because they are building off of, you know, they're building up their fan sure. base, they're building off of their, uh, the lessons learned. They're getting better, and they're getting mm-hmm. faster, right? Uh, and then they're putting in more quality. Uh, and it's unfortunate that a, a lot of potential, you know, get wasted because they just like, well, well, you only do one game, and if it doesn't mm-hmm. work, it doesn't work. It's like it's like winning the lottery, mm-hmm. right? It's like you know, <laughs> it's yeah, almost it's almost like a rule of life, I think, because if maybe game development or other stuff will be so easy, it will be too overcrowded, and this this can cannot be happening just. So I think this limitation in all life areas. You need to push you so hard to stand out from, you know, middle level. Otherwise, everyone will be doing awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, releasing your first game, if you are not experienced uh, guy, it's like... Uh, it's like a random result. Uh, you can't rely on it because uh, when you do a game for a full release on Steam just for the first time, you can't think that you will be popular for sure. You will be will have millions of sales. No, it's just not how it works. Uh, huge percent will be on the side that you will not be noticed at all. It's just for experience. It's just to understand that you are able to make a game from scratch to finish and push it to this team, get some reviews and you finish this way, you are able to do it. So just uh, take your power and make it again, but better, bigger and with the uh, own experience that you've get. 
if you are just relying on your one game, I will try it. If it's not, I'm um, go off development. It's not a serious thing. There is a, there was analytics I read. It said that uh, the most popular indie uh, developers, um, they become popular yeah. after their third project. Yes. Project, so yeah. it's just a statistics. It's just a dry statistics that uh, the most popular indie developers became popular after a third project. So if you're doing just one game, so it's like uh, throw a stone to the wall and have a dream that you will be a millionaire because of that. It's, it's just it's just nonsense. Right, right, right. It, it definitely, um, like like you said, if it, if it was easy, everybody would be successful and and rich. And- <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do it the first sure. Try, right? Sure. Like in some pushing to the limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, not be banned for that. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, the difference of of shipping the first game and the second game. Uh, you guys are feeling it right now. Uh, you guys are more mm-hmm. like we've been through this before, a little bit more experienced. Um, I, I mean, in terms of publishing, you know, was Steam always the place you guys were going to put it or do you guys look at other options? You know, are there other options nowadays that are coming up where you guys say that's interesting that are alternatives to steam where you guys consider self-publishing on those platforms instead? No, uh, self-publishing is a bit hard when you don't have a lot of resources in your hands because you need localization for different languages. This is very it takes a lot of money. You need QA. You need some other South that takes money. So I think self-publishing can be only when you're pretty sure that you made very successful game or when you have some resources. So for now, self-publishing was not an option for us. Mm-hmm. But as for other platforms... That's the thing. Women can continue. So, oh yeah, okay. uh, I think uh, what I can say about Dynapunk uh, and other platforms. Steam is uh, the biggest platform for the game selling, and of course, we was planning to release in it. So, uh, on the other hand, we have uh, Epic Game Store and uh, maybe GOG, GOG, how how it goes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Um, we was not we were not released on these platforms yet, but we are planning. So and of course when we will not make big sales as we know this yeah. Epic Games is just some kind of small addings. Right. Uh, but uh, as we learned from our publisher, uh, what can give you a huge push of sales is uh, porting your game on mobile platforms if your right. game uh, is suited. Mm, so uh, we have a visual novel and we played Dino Punk on handheld with sensor screen. So it plays very good. Uh, you can cut uh, shapes by your finger. You can just tap to skip uh, dialogues. And it's very common to play uh, on Steam Deck. We tried it. So if we uh, will release it on Switch, it can be... Uh, very good for our sales but we just need to uh make our publisher support it yeah because <laughs> to assure that pub- publisher that he will get some additional money from sales on switch because for publisher it's all about business and money <laughs> of course uh where were you guys in development before you connected with your publisher on dynapunk was it a year in were you guys constantly oh. for publishers? Or did it happen just at the show? <laughs> I mean, what was that story about? It was a very long story. Yeah. So this was uh, stuff I I made it. Um, think I made is just first find a lot of publishers that can possibly take us on board. For example, that have same project as us, uh, have same quality and all the other stuff. And write down a mail to them and iterate quality of this mail. Because our first, my first mails was just picture 
and uh, our brief explanation of Dynapunk. It was not working well, and we started to research how to make it better. I found some tips, watched some videos, we found some situation. And, uh, and after that, we have made uh, just, just PowerPoint, PowerPoint thing mm-hmm. with uh, key features, with beautiful art and all this stuff. So we need to impress publisher with images because when some person opens your mail, he does want to read a lot of text how awesome is your game. He needs to immediately be like, wow, this is interesting. And the best way to do this is just visual things. Mm-hmm. So it was about an year, maybe, maybe, yeah, it's about a year I constantly send in uh, these mails and for, I think, eight months, we didn't receive any response. These mails were just send it and never answered. <laughs> so this was very demotivational, but the thing in this stuff, I think, is to take a break. So when I understand that I just tired of these things, it will not get anything. I just forgot about it maybe in a week. And after some rest, I feel, okay, I can do this again. Mm-hmm. I can try it again. And this is very helpful stuff in all things of life. You just rest. And after that, think, okay, I'll try again. Okay, I'll try again. And uh, uh, after a year, we had some conversations with nice publishers and get some reaction because we constantly learn from our mistakes and improve our pitch. Mm-hmm. So after talking with several publishers, we choose one. This was a celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, a long way because yeah. this was a long way because uh, we had uh, several publishers at the same time and we was needed to um, to look uh, for benefits oh, oh, from oh, what's better. Yeah, uh, what, what can be better for us? And uh, w- one publisher can can give this. One publisher can give that. And it was a tough choice to do, but uh, we made it. And now we uh, have a publisher who made tests for us, QA, localization, and uh, some marketing stuff. Marketing stuff, yeah. So it was a tough way, but uh, the result is uh, better than we had with a double. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, so it was just zero answers for eight months to a year. And then suddenly you had multiple. Offers. Yes. Was there something specific that you guys did differently to kind of make that jump? <laughs> I can say, I can say that we made a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, so with before the, it was just email and. Yes. Yes. And with memes. We put a lot of memes about our game. And, uh, I made in After Effects some unique memes about our Dynapod game and common usual memes that you can see in at this time. So it was like, it was good. I think uh, this meme with, with Chinese guy, it's like, it's a pen, it's an Apple, Apple pen. And we made, it's a dino, it's a punk, it's a dino punk. And animation preview. That was a that was a stupid good joke. Yeah, <laughs> you need to know that uh, always your message will open person, and you need to get to the emotions of this person. So he will bring your game to other uh, staff of the company. Mm-hmm. So it's all about personal interaction with the people. This person that you don't even see, but hopefully you can have some impact emotional on this person to to care about your product and yeah, yeah. or a clip is better than just a bunch yeah. of words. yeah i can say that you should not do off-sell emails when you're indie yes maybe when you be a company but when you're indie you should be as much personal as you can right and uh i can sure i can be sure that um most of our contacts starts the dialogue with the phrase, I love dinosaurs. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, I think the most uh, talks with developers uh, were because of that reason, because the person who read our emails just loved dinosaurs and just go to CEO and, <laughs> and say, this game is good. It's about dinosaurs. Let's publish it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely helps. It's it's weird, yeah. I mean, you put it out there, you know, there are people that connect it more than others. And mm -hmm. the the unbelievable ability for you guys to keep trying. And I think the adjustment was what made it work finally. But that only can happen through experience of failing and then taking a second. And yeah, it's yeah. Not work. Take a rest. Always take a rest when you're tired. Just yeah. not... Put yourself on the wall. Take rest, and only after that try again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, like a lot of stuff that people tend to do, where they're just constantly there's there's this weird um, misunderstanding of like you know just keep trying, keep trying, it's gonna happen. And the problem is like people keep trying the same thing, and they don't adjust. <laughs> uh huh. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't understand that part. It's like you keep trying, but you gotta sit back and analyze the data and then <laughs> yeah. keep trying don't keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result which is several days ago we had a thought that um the better result you get when you think and do at the same time you can just do and you do the same over and over again and you can think and you just do nothing but when you think and do, you can get a really good result of it. Definitely. Uh, so so uh, deep philosophy yeah, stuff. You know? <laughs> think, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. I, I feel like the, the industry are, are, are driven by innovators, by smaller teams like yourselves. All the big games nowadays, like Warzone or... Uh, whatever, kind of take the the concept from small indie <coughs> developers. You know, PUBG came mm -hmm. from uh, mm -hmm. a mod, right? So, and then obviously <laughs> spawned Fortnite and Warzone and all these battle royale games. You can say that to almost every big game that's out there right now. They kind of borrow from innovators, and a lot of it's mm -hmm. from sure. smaller teams going through these trials of hard work and figuring out something unique and then putting it out there. And then, you know, when it becomes successful, <laughs> the big, big guys steal it. <laughs> but yeah, you need to remember the one who does thing, uh, receive $10. The one who can sell things yes. receives hundred dollars. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Well, uh, I want to thank you. Uh, we have hit the hour mark. Hopefully, it was painless. Um, yeah, for, for this is very pleasurable. Yeah, and this is the part where I actually shut up and hand the mic over to you guys, so you can talk directly to the listeners and viewers out there about whatever you want to talk about. You know, the game. Uh, uh, bring attention to a particular topic. You know, this is the mic is yours for you guys to kind of talk directly to the people out there sure it's cool i think uh we can make some good advices for startup developers just uh, simple tips okay. you can start and i will go yeah. i think uh, i can recap myself because uh as we said earlier uh it's not a common thing to become popular from your first game because you saw that some undertale game was uh, popular that uh, PUBG was popular mostly uh, as a game developer, you will not become uh, this kind of developer. So you just need to be prepared to make um, game development as your everyday hobby for the first time. And then you have a chance to make this um, as your everyday job with a good profit, with a chance to develop a study and to hire some freelancers. But for now, and for several future years, if you don't have a good budget, if you don't have a good team, if you don't a CEO of Ubisoft uh, company, you just need to go through this experience and to be prepared that 
uh, this experience will be hard sometimes and you need somebody to talk about that. So I think open mind and um, ready for the hard parts is uh, the best key for the good future of your game development life. Yeah, you said pretty much stuff I want to say, but maybe I can say it from the different angle that you as a creator always find yourself in a bubble. You can think that your game is awesome or maybe you can start with some ideas that will not work. So I think all the creators tend to do this kind of mistake. So you always need to search for feedback from other people and always want to improve yourself and your game. No, it it's good to make it some kind of lifestyle, constant improving to enjoy this. It shouldn't be think like, oh God, my game is so bad. I had some mistakes. I don't know what to do. You need to accept this and get enjoy from this. You show someone your game, they said this stuff is not understandable, this is messed up, and you should say, wow, this is great, I can improve and get enjoyment of this because you make better game, you make from yourself better specialist, maybe even a better person in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. So always changing in a better way and always try to look at what you do from other people's perspective. I think that's all. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, one more thing uh, I think I can say that um, it's a very helpful thing to love to solve problems in your life, in your game dev, in your study, because when you are passionate of solving your problems, you are not afraid of it. And when you showcase your game and a lot of people say that your art is bad, uh, there is uh, there is no proportion, there is no composition in it. So you are taking it as a problem. And if you are ready to solve it, you are ready to solve it. <laughs> you will not uh, you will not get mad at it. You will not stuck in yourself. You just know this is problem. I know that I can solve a problem, any problem. And uh, I love it because after solving it, the game will be better. I will be better and I'll get experience that will help me to build better games and maybe become a better person in general. So don't afraid to make mistakes, learn, and that's cool. You will be a better person, I think. I hope. And have fun. Of course. Game development is a hard time, but have fun. Yes, have fun. I, I think that that the I find myself, uh, I'm a little older than you guys, but like I found myself throughout my career, I'm trying to get back to basically my college uh, self, mm-hmm. you know, why That's I got cool. into games, basically. Uh, because so are you an indie developer by yourself too? No. So, so I'm going back to that. So I, I, I run a studio oh. now, but like I spent my years being it like in triple a basically you know because that's Whoa. you know that was ooh you know back then right but i i, I kind of lost my way because in college i've always just wanted to create my own game right i mean that's why we go into games it's like i don't i want I, we didn't go into games to like i want to create games for other uh from from other people's it i want to create my own ideas into games right but i spent a good <laughs> amount of my years helping other people make their games and mm-hmm. then i'm finally going back to my college self where i'm like oh yeah i kind of want to make my own game (laughs) it's never late you know it's never late you can start it you can you can bet it at any time and it's good that it's it's very good that you are feeling as an artist after this year years yeah uh, yeah it's finding myself i think yeah in the way you can uh you will get enjoyment if you will get to this just doing it it will that's why it's never too late because it's just like process you can be maybe 40 years old if you enjoy this past it doesn't matter how old are you right you know uh, 
I, I really motivated when I see artists uh, who are really old. It's like 70 years, 80 years, and they are just continue to make arts because they just love it. And I don't know, I feel like they feel themselves young when they do it, do it because uh, it's like you live doing what you want and this is the best life you can get. Yeah, and I think that's, I'm, I'm beginning to feel like that's the soul of a artist or a creative is that you're trying to reconnect to the kid version of yourself. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a good idea yes yeah yeah, yeah. uh well thank you guys for, for coming on super inspirational um uh, obviously you know the game is out right for those who uh, are looking to find it right uh go into the link pages uh, and and find these guys and support them right uh i'm, I'm looking forward to your next game <laughs> all right sure and many we games after that uh but thank you guys for coming on it was a pleasure talking to you Thank you too, and good luck with your projects and all this stuff. You can do it. <laughs> I believe. We believe in you. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys. Uh, see you guys all next week. Hello, everybody. Brandon here. I want to talk to you today about something very special. We've been on this wild ride together, haven't we? From my early days as a senior employee, feeling a bit lost, all the way to leading multiple studios, transitioning to smaller indie teams and to the mobile industry, and now running my own game studio for the last six years. Throughout this time, you've been here listening and learning along with me, sharing this never-ending journey of discovery. This year, I'm kind of on this quest of meeting serial studio founders, discussing acquisitions, or exploring what it takes to grow a studio to over 100 developers. I've always tried to find an exciting topic to delve into, and every year is a little different. The focus is a little different because that's where I am in my career currently. And I want to be able to share what I'm learning with you guys. So I've always been dedicated to asking the tough questions, bringing you insightful answers from industry leaders and experts. And now I wanna share with you how I'm applying these answers to my own journey. This is why I'm excited to announce that for just $1.99 per month, you can now subscribe to our exclusive content series. These bonus episodes will give you a deeper look into my personal experiences and how I'm putting into practice what our esteemed guests are preaching. It's more of a personal side of the journey that I hope will show you that we're all in this together and we're all continuously learning. Whether you're a game developer, studio founder, or just a passionate gamer, there's something in it for everyone. By subscribing, not only will you gain access to this exclusive content, but you'll also be supporting the ongoing production of the regular programming. It helps keeps the lights on and ensures that I can continue bringing you top quality content and insight into the world of game development. The links to subscribe are in the description. Your support means the world to me and helps me keep doing what I love, sharing this journey with you. So show some love, hit that subscribe button, and let's continue this adventure together. Thank you all for your continued support. And as always, stay tuned for more exciting content. Until next time, this is Brandon, signing off.